Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Thank you as always for giving me a little bit of your time and joining me. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell others about it, and help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful and humbled by that. So thank you. Have one puppy dog on the porch so far. No kitty cats. I think that's about it. Oh, one kitty cat. (laughs) So we'll get going. I don't think I have much else to report. Other than Fallis seeming to stick around, which is nice. So we're going to spend the next few days, actually, on, I think, somebody that modern culture, the left in particular, has done about as good a job as they've ever done vilifying. This is a man that risk reputation, finances, life, risk just about everything you could risk from a worldly point of view. And really shaped the entire globe. And the result, unless you're just a complete cynic or have ulterior motives or are really, truly ignorant, has been overwhelmingly positive. And progress in the sense of the word that C.S. Lewis talked about, meaning moving in the right direction. And that is the reason schools are off today across the country, which is no, not Indigenous Peoples Day, but Columbus Day. We're going to talk about that too, at least one day. How the left, in vilifying Columbus, has tried to make out the Indian, the native population society here, as if it was this 
utopian existence before the evil colonial barbarians came over and destroyed their life. And some of y'all out there, I know, know a little bit of history. And you know how untrue that is. It was untrue in the 1800s in America after we were a nation. It was untrue in the French and Indian War period. And before that, before we were a nation, it was certainly untrue when Columbus discovered the New World. It's really kind of a sad testimony, and then I really will get into some of this stuff, folks. How, how, how well people that despise the country and our history and heritage here in America have destroyed those things and the people via education. And we've let them. And we've let them. And I think, I, I know in a large part, that's why you continue to see the growth of homeschool and these co-ops and the charter schools pulling away from public education. Yeah, there's there's a there's a, just a laundry list of problems that we have in public education, without doubt. But that has to be way up on the list. The fact that we have allowed public education to become a vehicle for tearing down the country to a large degree instead of building it up, because you can't. You can't strengthen and build a Christian nation up if you don't have your education of your youth, your publicly tax-funded education. Strengthen those pillars, those foundational pillars, which have to go back to the principles of Christ. But that's the whole nother. So, Columbus. Columbus Day, 1451-1506. After seven years of trying to convince the monarchs of Europe to finance his expedition, won the support of Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand. Columbus set sail on August 3, 1492, and after the longest voyage ever made out of sight of land, discovered the New World on October 12, 1492. I'm going to murder this, folks. In his Libro de las Proficias, Book of Prophecies, Y'all can at least laugh at that. Columbus wrote the following. This is great, folks, because we're just going to go ahead and start off. So one of the lies that we get today is that Columbus was solely motivated, primarily even motivated by gold, greed, conquest, right? So here's his own writing as opposed to the talking heads on television that you're going to hear today, uh, probably heard over the weekend. And what a lot of what our kids are getting, even in really good schools, about how evil and horrible Columbus was. At a very early age, I began to sail upon the ocean. For more than 40 years, I have sailed everywhere that people go. I prayed to the most merciful Lord about my heart's great desire. And he gave me the spirit and the intelligence for the task. Seafaring, astronomy 
geometry, arithmetic, skill in drafting spherical maps, and placing correctly the cities, rivers, mountains, and ports. I also studied cosmology, history, chronology, and philosophy. These excerpts are coming out of America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. By the way, phenomenal resource. I talk about it very frequently for those of y'all that listen. I would highly recommend a copy in your house, and there should be a copy in every classroom in the country. It was the Lord who put into my mind, I could feel his hand upon me, the fact that it would be possible to sail from here to the Indies. All who heard of my project rejected it with laughter, ridiculing me. There is no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous illumination from the Holy Scriptures, a strong and clear testimony from the 44 books of the Old Testament, from the four Gospels, and from the 23 epistles of the blessed apostles, encouraging me continually to press forward, and without ceasing for a moment, they now encourage me to make haste. Our Lord Jesus desired to perform a very obvious miracle in the voyage of the Indies, to comfort me and the whole people of God. I spent seven years in the royal court, discussing the matter with many persons of great reputation and wisdom in all the arts, and in the end they concluded that it was all foolishness, so they gave it up. But since things generally came to pass that were predicted by our Savior Jesus Christ, we should also believe that this particular prophecy will come to pass. In support of this, I offer the Gospel text, Matthew twenty four twenty five, in which Jesus said that all things would pass away, but not his marvelous word. He affirmed that it was necessary that all things be fulfilled that were prophesied by himself and by the prophets. I said that I would state my reasons. I hold alone to the sacred and holy scriptures and to the interpretations of prophecy given by certain devout persons. It is possible that those who see this book will accuse me of being unlearned in literature, of being a layman and a sailor. I reply with the words of Matthew 11:25, Lord, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hath revealed them unto babes. The Holy Scripture testifies in the Old Testament by our Redeemer Jesus Christ, that the world must come to an end. The signs of when this must happen are generally given by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The prophets also predicted many things about it. I have to go back to the previous paragraph, folks. So often today we allow ourselves to be told that uh, the experts know more than we do because we're simple, we're unlearned, like Columbus stated about himself here, that so many ridiculed him for that, that we're laymen. We don't know what we're talking about. We can't, obviously, we don't have the brain capacity to understand these things. And yet it was supposedly learned men that decided Roe v. Wade, that decided the baby, that a woman had the right to rip apart her own child. And it was again before that supposedly learned men that decided that 
God had no part in the history of America and had to be completely kicked out of our institutions and our public life. Completely false, both of them. Completely devastating, horrific, evil decisions. Both of them. So when somebody tells you that just because you don't have a degree, right? And no, I'm not talking about the fact if you haven't gone to school as a mechanic, you know, and you, and you don't know anything about cars, don't go out there and, and try and fix something. But we have a brain. We have intelligence, folks. We have common sense. And especially if you study the Bible, you know the difference between right and wrong. Anyway, let's see, where were we? Our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, said that before the end of the world, all things must come to pass that have been written by the prophets. The prophets wrote in various ways. Isaiah is the one most praised by Jerome, Augustine, and by other theologians. They all say that Isaiah was not only a prophet, but an evangelist as well. Isaiah goes into great detail in describing future events and in calling all people to our holy Catholic faith. Catholic with a small c, by the way, meaning the whole church, not particularly the Catholic church. Most of the prophecies of Holy Scripture have been fulfilled already. I am a most unworthy sinner, but I have cried out to the Lord for grace and mercy, and they have covered me completely. I have found the sweetest consolations since I made it my whole purpose to enjoy his marvelous presence. For the execution of the journey to the Indies, I did not make use of intelligence, mathematics, or maps. It is simply the fulfillment of what Isaiah had prophesied. All this is what I desire to write down for you in this book. No one should fear to undertake any task in the name of our Savior, if it is just and if the intention is purely for his holy service. The working out of all things has been assigned to each person by our Lord. But it all happens according to his sovereign will, even though he gives advice. He lacks nothing that is in the power of men to give him. Oh, what a gracious Lord, who desires that people should perform for him those things for which he holds himself responsible. Day and night, moment by moment, everyone should express to him their most devout gratitude. I said that some of the prophecies remained yet to be fulfilled. These are great and wonderful things for the earth, and the signs are that the Lord is hastening the end. The fact that the gospel must still be preached to so many lands in such a short time, that is what convinces me. This line here, folks, everyone should express to him their most devout gratitude. That is very reminiscent of what many of our presidents have said, which we'll talk about a lot of these in November during the month of Thanksgiving. Again and again from Lincoln to others, our presidents, our leaders, our great leaders told us we had responsibility, more responsibility than any people in the history of the world to be grateful to God. And here Columbus is saying the same. We have this responsibility, this duty to be grateful to God.
that we woke up this morning, that our kids are healthy, if that's the case, that we have health, if that's the case, that we have a car to drive in, a roof over our heads, electricity, plumbing, a loving spouse, if that's the case, the things that you have, folks, and and everybody's not going to have everything. And some of those health, lack of a loving spouse, children that are sick, some of those are, are devastating. Absolutely heartrendingly devastating. Make you want to not even get out of bed every morning. And yet still we have things to be grateful for. couple more things before we run out of time. The dogs have decided they found something. I'm sure you can hear them in the background. Lord only knows what. Some poor deer, probably. Or some vicious wild beast, you know, like a, I don't know, bunny rabbit. <laughs> so all of this, you know, the whole time he never mentioned anything about gold. And, and I'm sure that was part of it, folks. I'm not trying to make unlike what so many today try and make the Indians out to be. I'm not trying to make Columbus out to be this perfect man. He wasn't. He had his faults, and we'll we'll probably talk about some of those maybe later this week, but they're so talked about that, that I feel like we get a pretty good dose of those. But he, he left everything, risked everything. It, it would be like, going out into space today, having no idea what's on the other end and just trusting in God. And and you hate to say this kind of stuff, but I just... You have to imagine that a lot of the people that condemn him today don't have the faith, although they may see that as a good thing and wouldn't have the courage to set off into completely unknown. And they sit there and condemn him as this evil person and promote these people that weren't saints as saints. Queen Isabella's commission to Columbus recited that it's the hope that by God's assistance, some of the continents and islands in the ocean will be discovered for the glory of God. On August 3rd, 1492, every crew member gave his last confession and received Holy Communion. Then, according to Bartholomew de Las Casas, if that's right, Columbus received the very Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist on the very day that he entered upon the sea. And in the name of Jesus, ordered the cells to be set and left harbor of Palos, Palos, for the river of salties in the ocean sea where with three equipped caravels giving the commencement to the first voyage and discovery of the indies in the typical custom of the day each each day a young sailor would announce the day by singing out blessed be the light of day and the holy cross we say and the lord of verity and the holy trinity Blessed be the immortal soul and the Lord who keeps it whole. Blessed be the light of day and he who sends the night away. And then the sailors would recite 
our Father, and Ave Maria. Followed by, God give us good days, good voyage, good passage to the ship. Sir, Captain, and Master, and good company. So let there be, let there be a good voyage, many days, many good days. May God grant your graces, gentlemen, and the afterguard, and gentlemen forward. The hourglass, which was turned on a half hour, marked the time, accompanied by the young sailor proclaiming, Blessed be the hour of our Lord. Blessed be the hour our Lord was born, St. Mary who bore him, and St. John who baptized him. I think that's about all we've got time for today, folks. Yeah, and then some. We're going to go into this some more. Y'all have a wonderful whatever is rest left of the rest of your day. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk again real soon. Looking forward to it.